Hey now, and welcome to the City Off Campus podcast with your two favorite hosts, Sammy Sommerfeld and Jack McFarland. We've got a special guest today. We've got Tamar Sher, and um, she's our IU correspondent, I like to call her. So how are you, Tamar, and um, how was your weekend? Great, Sam. Thanks so much for having me. It was so beautiful here in Bloomington. I'm so excited that I'm back on campus and ready to start talking real sports now that Big Ten's back. Every single sport seems to be on right now, but I'm just so grateful that you guys had me on the podcast today. Thank you. How you doing? Yeah, we're good. So let's kick it off with some NFL talk. So Jack, I'm going to make you wait for a minute on what I know what you want to discuss. But first, um, let's talk about the Chiefs and the Seahawks. So what, what are your thoughts on that game being a Chiefs fan? You know, I am a Chiefs fan, but I was going to say I am more of a Colts follower these days. Oh. So I know I because my house right now is filled with indie girls. So I am totally into the mode of Colts more so than Chiefs. So I'm totally throwing you off there. Yeah. But I was excited to see my Colts beat the Jets yesterday, 36 to seven. Um, of course, I am a Chiefs fan because I am Missouri and I'm always excited to see them succeed, but I, I had to watch my Colts last night. So what do you think of Phillip Rivers as your quarterback? You know, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. I mean, right now the defense is what's really showing some promising um, stuff. And I think that that's going to really prove to be successful for the rest of the season. We'll see. I mean, it's so early on, just in week three. But Philip Rivers, man, he reached the 400 career passing touchdown mark. He like had three different things that he just the feats that he was able to accomplish yesterday. Fifth place on the NFL's all-time passing completions list. Sixth player to reach 60,000 passing yards. I mean, the statistics go on and on, but. I'm super excited to see Philip Rivers. And now that I am a Colts fan, I'm just ready to, to watch him. So even though you're happy about Philip Rivers, I have to put it out there. Do you ever miss Andrew Luck? Who wouldn't? <laughs> so that's the thing is I came into this being so I was, we talked about this. I'm from St. Louis. I was like not a Rams fan ever because I was, ne <laughs> I was never given any inspiration to follow them okay Chiefs, no sam bradford I, love what <laughs> no love for sam bradford you know i just i personally can't say that i was an, a follower because i wasn't i was cardinals and blues uh so i can't even make that up but for andrew luck i came in at a time i came in as a colts fan exactly when he moved on with his career and everyone else was very sad around me and of course he is very missed by all Colts fans, but I came in at the time where the transition was happening, and now I'm an avid fan watching every Sunday. <laughs> I'm going to transition for a minute from the Colts stuff because I, I did not know that going into this podcast, but I want to talk about a former Chiefs quarterback, Nick Foles. And um, Jack, I'll let you get started with um, Nick Foles and your reaction so, to yesterday. <laughs> I have Fourth never... Quarter Foles been so happy in my life 
ever as a Bears fan to sit there and watch Mitch get sat down and some of the veterans come over and pat him on the back and say, oh, it's all right, bro. No, like you're done. It's over. We're on to Nick Foles. And I can't be more excited for that to be the case right now um, because, I mean, everyone saw what he did. He threw three touchdowns, arguably five. Two of them were dropped. I mean, one of them, there was an interception. Again, Nick had to throw the ball against the Falcons, and they didn't really get to run the ball because they were down by two or three scores the entire game. He did awesome. And the Falcons are a bad team. So we got to curb our expectations on what was to happen. Going against the Colts next week, I mean, it's going to be tougher. The Colts, like Tamar said, they're a fantastic defensive team. It's just, is Phillip Rivers going to be the same Phillip Rivers that was with the Chargers? And are we going to see that fourth quarter kind of crumble fest because the Bears have proven to be a team that can jump on those type of opportunities. So I'm curious to see if old Phillip Rivers translates in the next week. Yeah, Tamar, how do you feel about the Bears matching up against the Colts going into next week? How do you think the offense will face up against the Bears defense with guys like Mac, Eddie Jackson, um, the front line with Hicks? Um, how do you think the, def- the Bears defense will go up against that Colts offense? You know, I'm not going to lie. I know that the strength of the Colts right now is in their defense. So I'm very interested to see. I am confident in Phillip Rivers. I am confident in the offensive production of the Colts and what we've seen so far, what we saw in the Jets game. But I I wouldn't be lying if I was a little a little worried and saying that okay that especially right now in this time of anything could happen that's like going to be the theme of what I talk about all day today is anything could happen um, with just like the unprecedented times that we're in right now so not quite sure I can give you a full answer on that but it's just going to be interesting to see and also the Colts right now are they've lost some guys. They lost a uh, starting running back in Marlon Mack with the ruptured Achilles attendant. And th- there's just a lot of promise to the Colts. Of course, I'm going to root for them. I, they are my team, but I, I'm a little nervous. And um, Jack, how do you think the bears are going to do with Foles? So you have Foles coming in to be a starter. Now keep in mind, he's going to be a starter. Now he's not going to be the savior. So how do you think he's going to be a full week of preparation with no Cohen now? Montgomery's our guy now, which I know you, I'm sure you love. But how do you think that's going to go? Because I, I will say for me at least, I was shocked with the poise Foles had. I think Foles just knows he has to flat out play now. I think Foles um, knows that Nagy system so well that – it just kind of was fluid and he knew where to go and where to throw the ball and keep, just keep it fluid throughout the game. But how do you think he's going to be with a full week of preparation, Jack? Like I said last week, we needed Foles to sit three weeks in order for him to be effective. He sat his time three, four weeks. Like I said, now it's go time for him. And I really feel like the, scene of him wearing his dark visor as he was walking onto the field was a perfect embodiment of this whole redemption tour that Foles is on. Kind of upset he took it off. Um, 
whatever. He looked sick while he had it on. But I, I really feel like Nagy's going to be able to open up the playbook finally with Foles. I think with Mitch in the past, he's felt um, kind of bottlenecked in a sense that he's not able to do everything that he would want to. And you've really seen this year with the offense of they're trying to run the ball on first down to make it manageable for Mitch. And I don't know if they're going to lean away from that now that Foles has stepped in. But I think the Bears establishing a, a strong run presence in general this season is only a good thing, and it can take the load off of their quarterback. But allowing someone like Foles to, I guess, unleash a little, because Nagy really hasn't unleashed what he knows as a play caller and a schemer and everything, because yeah. he, hasn't, he hasn't been able to with Mitch. Mitch just cannot execute what Nagy wants. Now you got someone like Foles who I'm sure it's going to take two or three weeks for them to fully get on the right same page of what they want to run. But I don't think yeah. there should be any negative setbacks yeah. for this offense, me, really. I really don't think. Let me cut you I off think, here. I have a follow-up question. Hmm. Do you think that now that Mitch was benched this early on in the season where they pulled him out in an embarrassing fashion, right off an interception, down by a lot of points, do you think he's checked out for the rest of the year if he needs to come in for Foles? Do you think there's no, no- I don't. And I and I listened to the post game press conference and Mitch was the first guy up after Coach Nagy talked. And I he's never been the best with media. He always <clears throat> I feel like stumbles over his words and doesn't necessarily give the best answer. He gives like a, a mumbling answer. And he did that a lot on Sunday, but a lot of emotions were going through the kid's head. And one thing that he kept saying was practice is going to be his opportunity to get better and to support Nick like Nick has supported him. I don't think he's I, – I, it's hard to hate someone like Mitch, and so many people say they hate Mitch. And, like, I say it in a very backhanded manner. I don't. Like, the guy's been dealt such a terrible hand as a professional athlete. Like, he didn't ask to be traded up for. He didn't ask to be, get taken before Watson or Mahomes. The guy's just really been dealt a bad hand, and now he lost his job. If anything, it would make for a great story for Mitch to ascend and be a spot starter every now and then, like a Case Keenum. But right now, I think he can get it done if Nick gets hurt, but God willing, I hope Nick doesn't get hurt because we've seen for three years what Mitch does, and it's really nothing productive. Yeah, so my final question for both of you is – Colts, Bears, what's the final score? I'm going to go 27-24 Bears. I'm going to go then 27-24 Colts. That's going to be my – I'm rebuttaling. I have the confidence. I think it's going to happen. Okay. So, I guess we'll see what, what happens next Sam, week. Sam, you're not getting out of this. What's your prediction? My prediction, I think – just I'm so worried about Foles being now the full-time starter to in a sense. So I, I take the Bears. You're so nervous with how good the Bears are going to look. I get it. I know. I am I, too. I, I take the Bears 21-10. Yeah, I think the Bear. I think with Rivers, since he's not a mobile quarterback, I think if they just get the pressures and get you know get him in the pocket early, I think – the Colts will be done. To transition over, let's talk about some – we're now in playoff baseball. 
So just just to start off, there's only one one team out of the three teams that we all like that won their division, and that's the Chicago Cubs. You know, 2016 World Series champions, I might add, and 2020 World Series champions. So what are you guys looking forward to about playoff baseball? You know, the Cardinals, for me, got dealt a bad hand. They had a bunch of coronavirus cases that stinted their season, and I'm really excited to see what they have in them. Now, this I was telling you, Sam, Yadier Molina is my all-time favorite for the Cardinals, and this might be – that might have been his last game at Bush Stadium against the Brewers. So, you know, I just am excited to see where they go. They have work to do, of course. I'm not denying that. And they did, they did trail. They followed the in number, the number two spot uh, after the, the Cubs. So we'll see how they do. I'm excited to see what they bring. This is obviously a different type of playoffs. We have never seen something like this before. So I'm hopeful that they'll be able to produce something and that they are now, because, you know, at the end they were celebrating that they got in the playoffs, but they weren't happy with their production they're like we we need we have some work to do honestly so how do you think they're going to do against the Padres you know I'm hope I'm optimistic I'm 100% optimistic they face them starting on Wednesday in a best of three series and I mean the Padres have been looking pretty good but I I'm going to be optimistic and say that the Cardinals they're coming off a really good win against the Bruins and they're they could be able to, to do it so I just want to take a moment here, Jack, and just say I've heard from you and other White Sox fans all year about how the Cubs and the Cardinals, the NL Central, it's awful. It's the worst division in baseball, but we have four teams in the playoffs. So I think – and the Cubs, you know, you know, won the division, I might humbly brag. So how is it the worst division in baseball? I'd love to hear why you think that now with four teams in the playoffs. So I'm going to reference back the text that I actually sent you yesterday. (laughs) So the Cincinnati Reds, who are the same seed as the Chicago White Sox on the opposite side, are a sub-500 playoff team, okay? I don't know how many times it's ever happened before in the MLB, but you you get the point. It's it's because of the bubble. And every time the they're no, 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 thirty-one, they're thirty-one and twenty-nine. What do you mean? Every a winning team, record. Every team in the AL Central that made the playoffs has a better win percentage than every NL Central playoff team. And each team that made the playoffs in the AL Central, based on win percentage, would have won the NL Central. They would have won the pennant. It's okay. All, all, all I have to say here though is. Who won the last series, Cubs or the Sox? Who won the series? Sam, I don't worry about regular seasons, postseason oh. baseball time. See, you know what's funny? All year Nothing. he talked about regular no season. Now. now, now, the very next day, yeah. you're just this big playoff yes. guy. Okay. Yes, we're so, on to bigger and better things, how, Sam. How do you think the Sox are going to do realistically in their first series? Realistically, the A's have a lot of left-handers. And the White Sox were the first team in MLB history to never lose a game against left-handed starters. So <laughs> I'm going to let you answer that one too. Oh, they're going to lose 2-0? Yeah, I no, they're going to win. They're going to win. They're not going to lose. The bullpen, in, in, in all seriousness, the bullpen that they just activated with Rodon, Bummer, 
um, the rookie Crochet, Colome. It, it, there's so many lefties and righties that can come in at any time for the White Sox. I really think the only thing stopping them is Rick Renteria. And I'm kind of glad. I told Sam, you. I told I'm, you. Look, not look, a good manager. I'm glad he lost those last two series because he lost himself manager of the year, and he might have lost himself the job depending on what goes on at the end. Because the White Sox are going to lose in the first round. That's not it. I'm not a not a future teller. I don't see, know these things. See, Jack's already pinning it on the manager. So when they lose in the first round, he's going to say it's the manager's fault because it, they because well, their players are so great. Because you have a Brayu. Because you have this guy. Because you have well, that guy. And stop. he's going to be like, it's not the Come players' on. fault. The coaching lost them the game. You have it on even the said on the record, and the Cubs have done what the White Sox will probably do with Renteria. They're going to use him up and then just ring him out and let him go. And let him yeah, go. Yeah, you got our hammy down. Whatever. Yeah, cool. You got our hammy well, down. We coach. used him for the same thing. Same time period, same thing. Well, I, I just mean, hope that the we, Sox. We didn't make the win. playoffs with him because he was an awful coach. Right. Well, we have enough talent to carry bad coaching to the playoffs. Okay, just just wait when the Cubs are named World Series champion. That's all I have to say. Did so you speak, speaking of the Cubs? They get the. Did you see that we didn't celebrate? Most, we made the playoffs. Did you see that we didn't celebrate it because we said we have bigger, better things? We're going to be winning World Series. No, quote, I actually quote, do remember. Anthony Rizzo. I remember during the eighth inning they celebrated once the Cardinals had lost during a losing game in the dugout. Now. Well, we love. I don't know. Cardinals I don't know lost. if that identifies a winning or losing culture, but they're celebrating during an on-field loss in the dugout. I wouldn't be okay with that. I'm sure Rick wouldn't be either. That's well, just I mean, me. Rick did a lot of losing in Chicago. I mean, he kind of – He didn't celebrate it. it. He, he enjoyed it greatly. He didn't celebrate it. He, he enjoyed it. He was hoping to stick around to lose one more Hold year on. with the Cubs. I ask a question because I actually don't know. Did Rick ever get thrown out as a Cubs manager? Uh, I feel like he did once or twice, but I'm not sure. I'm once not sure. Twice. <laughs> once or twice. Once or twice. Shows how much he cared about that organization. Yeah, exactly. He was just cashing checks and watching our talent try to carry him. All right, so back to the Cubs. The most beneficial bubble pick I've seen. They have the Miami Marlins, Florida Marlins. Hey, hey. Whoever wants to call them what they are. Just to humbly brag to you, the Cubs were the only team to not get corona during the season. That shows the mental toughness and the mental focus to stay in the Cubs bubble. Only team. Only team not COVID positive. I mean, Yoan had COVID, that's, Yoan had that's COVID a, that's before a champion, the season. That's but. a championship mentality. But on top of that. What? That's, oh yeah. Think about it. Everybody didn't do anything. They didn't go to restaurants. They so what does like that say Cleveland about the Cardinals? Pitcher. What are you yeah, saying I'm about the Cardinals? Say, I'm gonna they're say they're, they're that. not a championship team. Unfortunately, I cannot deny the fact that they simply screwed up because the Cardinals were one of the first franchises that completely messed that up. They had so many players that were out and that really hindered their season. So I'm not going to sit here and defend the Cardinals for that. But at the same time, you got to say they've made it. They clinched the playoff. Like they made it into the playoffs. And so, they but had... so did the Marlins. Okay. That says a lot. And – We'll see how it goes in the wild card round of three games. So we'll see. But 
you never know what's going to happen. This is a year that anything could happen, you guys. So as a Cardinals fan, how much do you hate seeing the Cubs own the division now year after year after year? I'm not going to lie. I don't love it. (laughs) I just – I'm not – I've never been a Cubs fan. Really don't – it's like the Indiana-Purdue rivalry. I'm never going to like Purdue, no matter – even though they're in Indiana, even though Cubs are so close by, I do have family in Chicago, I'm not going to like the Cubs. So it's tough to see that. But also, the the Cardinals really had a tough run, and they are – showing success they have made it this far i think we're gonna have to get into the playoffs to really see what their potential is but yeah i'm not gonna do that and it doesn't hurt that i'm watching the the cubs win and i know the tough thing for me personally and jack knows this is i've watched i've gone to many cubs marlins games in my lifetime and to see that the marlins are finally in the playoffs and they're matching up against the cubs is really tough to see because I'm going to watch the Cubs beat them 2 nothing. But I will say that the Marlins are a very impressive team because you have Don Mattingly there who's been there for six years, lost every year, and he's a great manager. He did good things with the Dodgers. He set them up for the success and the losing success that they've had. But you have a guy in Derek Jeter who made bold moves trading a Giancarlo Stanton MVP, a future MVP in Yelich, Azuna, JT Realmuto, every all-star that they had, they traded them all away for these guys who are no names. The biggest name on the team, Starling Marte. And what's very scary about this Marlins team for me as a Cubs fan is I'm having eerie 03 flashbacks because of the fact that this Marlins team wasn't supposed to do what they did. And the fact that they're made up of young guys who are unproven, who literally are in the playoffs now where they're just kind of like, we're here. We might as well be here. We might as well stay. Is They're going to be a dangerous team in the playoffs. They're very underrated, but the Cubs still will take it to out. You think so? Mm-hmm. Are you going to blame it on some fan catching a foul ball again? Well, I mean, I thought that the Marlins might try to bring in Bartman just to screw us over again, but – I don't. I, I don't want to go into my media ethics paper. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Can we change the topic? No. Who do you think is going to win the Cardinals series? What do you think the series will be tomorrow? You know, I am not very hopeful that I can say the Cardinals. I think the Padres have been promising. I think that in the past, what we've seen with them in um, matchups in past years, but. I don't know. I I just really can't say. I think that the Padres do have a good shot. I'm going to be honest. Um, They might go, they might do majority, win the first, Cardinals get that, what they typically get that energy to continue and be resilient and win that second game. So I think we're going to see Padres win first, Cardinals win second, see where it goes from there. But I, I don't know if I have much hope in my Cardinals, unfortunately. And it's hard to say that. But maybe Yadier Molina will just bring it home for all of them because he wants to finish strong. with. So I'm going to be optimistic. I'm wanting to be optimistic, but that's prediction. I think it's going to be the Padres. Okay. So just a quick transition to hockey, even though there's not much going on with our teams. I just want to ask you, because I've been meaning to ask you this for a while, what did you think of the Blues season? You know, they're – I like to say that it was kind of a hangover season because that's what everyone in St. Louis has been saying because they 
they were the team. I was just so happy last year that they were able to get that Stanley Cup. That was the first time. It was kind of an underdog story. And they didn't produce like they should have, unfortunately. Uh, so it was, it was disappointing. But at the same time, I'm really grateful for the Stanley Cup. And I'm not. And it was just it was just a hangover season, and they weren't able to do it a second time around. So next year, do you think they're going to come back stronger, or do you think they're going to be one of those teams that just kind of fall off the grid? A hundred percent, they're going to come back stronger. They are. I'm. I'm a. You'll learn. I'm a very optimistic person, but I. Don't think that the management, especially with the management of that team now, it's not, they're not a one hit wonder. I think they'll be able to really be resilient and fight back because they know, I think everyone knows, they all know that this was not their year and they have way more potential, potential than this. You keep the players that are on the ice right now and you'll be able to see a lot from them if they get out of that mindset that they are the champions and now start to put in the work. Now let's transition to why you're here. Indiana, Iowa, two great known college towns, two great schools with lots of sports history. So what's it been like to be back on campus this semester? It's been weird, not gonna lie. I It's been weird going, not being in classes all the time. I've been doing a lot of Zoom classes. I love Bloomington. I, I think I'm the biggest IU Bloomington fan just because I grew up loving IU. I grew up loving Indiana basketball, Indiana sports. Um, and you know, I just love being here and no matter what capacity it's in. And it's just different. I can't go into my, my favorite hangouts, bars, restaurants like normal and have full capacity and it'd be the typical fun IU scene. But, you know, we're making the most of it. Absolutely. What about yeah. you? How's Iowa? Jack, you're, you not, you're home now. I'm home, so yeah, I'm still I, off I, campus. Jack, I was about the same. There's literally – it is about finding something to do with your friends and I feel like Iowa, especially just the state of Iowa, you can find so many good things to do with people that don't cost money, whether it's just hanging out with them or just finding somewhere to go. But this pandemic, like it really, the outbreak especially affected Iowa City really negatively and everything shut down. And it's kind of, I, I would say the last, this past Friday night, I was walking in my friend's apartment <clears throat> for his birthday and I walked by the intersection, Sam, if you know where I'm talking about, by Cactus and Come and Go. And I, you could have convinced me that there wasn't a pandemic going on because people were just out walking around like there was no, like no business at all. And I don't know like if the outbreak or anything is controlled here in Iowa City. Everyone is hoping for it to be. Um, but bars are supposed to reopen like either sometime this week. I don't know when supposedly. Oh, so they're going to open up soon? Supposedly because they pushed it back last time. So I don't know if they're going to actually uh, reopen them. But yeah, honestly, there's just a ton of people feeling really cooped up and restless. And you can just tell that not everyone's making like the best decisions. But hey, hey kids are in college they're going to be stupid it's not a it's not an excuse but i i can definitely speak for a lot of iowa city that a lot of people here just feel really cooped up and yeah. 
you go from one quarantine to an outbreak here to a, an immediate quarantine, basically. So a lot of these people here are just tired. I'd say. Yeah. So I've heard in Bloomington, I've gotten some videos, some friends of mine who go to school there and some of the bars are open. I've heard the biggest one is still closed. The university's like paying to close it or something like that. Those are definitely, those haven't been confirmed yet, but the closest, it's, it's the closest bar to campus. And that's what the talk of the town is. That's the rumor is it's called Kilroy's, but I have not been confirmed that that is a university closure right now, but they have not opened. I think it's because that is like the biggest bar on campus that they know that everyone's going to flock to and go to. And there's not a lot of uh, ability to have social distancing in that bar. Other bars, there are a lot of social distancing protocols that are taking place and like the spaced out tables and the way that everyone's keeping it, it, keeping people accountable. But that's what I was worried about if sports were to come back, which of course now football is in the big 10, I was worried because I don't see students being as careful as we like, I guess hoped. I know it was kind of in my mindset, it was kind of inevitable, inevitable. We, I come to back to Bloomington and everyone be blocking the streets. Everyone wants to just get out. I know, I think in Indianapolis, it's almost completely open, but Bloomington, because they know it's a hot spot in that IU students are here on campus, that they are not opening those regulations because it has kind of spread like wildfire. Yeah, so have you seen a lot of students kind of be, you know, in quarantine or just kind of social distance with friends? Or are a lot of people trying to take advantage of the bars that are open and go out and try to have as much quote unquote normalcy as possible? I mean, it's both. Yeah. I was quarantined for the first week I was here and then I was out of quarantine and then I was put back in quarantine because I had COVID. So I, it was just, it's completely a back and forth. Uh, the people I know are being careful and that if they know they've been exposed, if they know they have it, they're not going places, but people are going out. And that's, that's, that's the, that's the kicker is you go to a college campus and of course masks are being worn. Social distancing is happening in most places, but like it, it's still a factor as to you bring back thousands of students onto a campus and kind of what do you expect? Yeah. So you just said you had COVID. What was that experience like? If you don't mind me asking. So for three days, it sucked for the first weekend. I, I know I got tested only because I knew of someone who had it and I thought I was exposed and I was like, Oh, I'll just get a test. I don't feel anything that night that I got tested, my symptoms showed. And then for three days after that, I just, it was kind of like a cold. Um, I was very headachey, very congested it, but it wasn't the worst thing in the world for someone healthy like me. Um, my smell, I still can't fully smell, but I I'm working back up to that. So it was, but I was going through it with a couple of my other friends who also had it. So that was kind of the nature of the beast. It wasn't the worst thing, but it was not fun. Yeah. So what would you recommend to other college students who might be going out enjoying their life on campus? Would you recommend them to take any other types of precautions if they haven't gotten it yet? Or would you kind of say, I don't know, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are mass work. 
Like I don't under, I don't get the deniers of masks because they really do work. It's important to know that those are important to help everyone and not just have that selfish mindset. And for me, I got it because I was around someone. I wasn't doing anything I wasn't supposed to be doing, but I was exposed to people because I'm now back on a college campus. So it's continuing to be cautious, continuing to be smart about it and keeping everyone else accountable because the only way you can stop the spread is to make sure that everyone around you, including yourself, is being kind to others and that they're taking all the precautions that are necessary. So that's masks, that's washing your hands all the time, that's being socially distant and yes, hang out with people. You need to have social interaction, but be smart about it. Be at a distance, be outside. Great advice. So now rolling into, you talked about it a little earlier, Big Ten football's back. So what's the vibe like on IU? I know, Jack, you'll talk about what it's like in Iowa City. Um, you know, for me personally, I'm so excited to see Hawkeye football back. I'm excited to see the Big Ten. I'm tired of all the haters who are from the ACC, SEC, say we're an awful conference now. Nobody cares about Big Ten football. We're irrelevant. I'm ready to prove them wrong and have a team represent us in the college football playoff, hopefully Iowa. So – What's it been like for you on campus? What's the buzz been like about that? First of all, everyone is ecstatic. Everyone is so excited. I remember walking down Kirkwood, which is our where all the restaurants are, and that's like the Bloomington hub. Everything is about IU football, IU basketball. It's cream and crimson. So everyone on the streets is just so excited. But we have such a hard schedule. We are the only team in the Big Ten that has to face all four traditional powerhouse programs, Ohio State. We're starting with Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan. So we don't have an easy slate ahead of us. That is true. But I'm hopeful because our roster looks really good. So I think continuity will be really the deciding factor between if if Indiana can win at all if they can prove themselves tom allen has a good team we made a bowl game last year so there's a lot of hope for this indiana team but we have a real hard schedule and i'm not going to deny that so one thing i do know about indiana from people i know who go there or this might just be a rumor is on game day at iu there's a lot of tailgating going on but not a lot of fans going to the games so with Big Ten football being taken away, how, do you think there's going to be more of an interest in football this year because of COVID and because of not, you know, not having it for a while and Honestly, 1,000%. I mean, we, the typical thing is you go to Kilroy's, which is closed, and obviously I'd not done that before because I wasn't 21 until last November. So I wasn't really able <laughs> to do that because it was, it was just like, a rumor. Yeah, it's no, what you heard no, your other that, friends that's do. What, that's what I saw other yeah. students doing. But I, I do think that there is going to be a huge, especially, I don't know if you know now, but in Bloomington, there's a 15 person rule. So only 15 people, there's only 15 people gatherings, no more, or you can get in serious trouble, suspended, expelled. So with that rule, we're not going to be seeing tailgating, obviously. And I think that will translate, you're absolutely right, into a higher fan base, especially watching on, on the screen and keeping up with that because we're seeing a lot more of that. I know even my friends with the Colts games, religiously, we're watching Colts games every Sunday. So that's just what the, what's happening here. And I don't think you're wrong to assume that. And Jack, what's it been like in Iowa City, um, just among 
the people you know and have seen um you know in restaurants bars friends you know whoever discussing the comeback of the hawks i'm gonna be honest like i haven't heard anyone talk about football yet really Really? no really honestly not and i don't know why it's yeah like everyone got super stoked for the comeback announcement and everyone's like ah football's back but after that, it was just kind of like, well, now we're back to square one of sitting here watching six 12 o'clock games on Saturday of teams that nobody cares about, and we just have to sit for another three weeks and wait. I think that's what a lot of people are kind of stuck on right now is they're, they're not a part of it, so why care about it? Um, and eventually, Iowa will get their share. I mean, they get Purdue for the first game, and I, I don't know how that's going to go. I really don't know if anyone knows how that's going to go. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I was definitely opening the year with a trap game, in my opinion, uh, something to definitely look out for. And if they start off the year with a loss, um, I think that they could lose a lot of prospective fans just because losing to a team like Purdue doesn't carry the same weight as, like, losing to – I know Ohio State, Michigan, yeah, whatever, exactly. So if they lose to Purdue week one, um, there's probably going to be a sour taste for this entire season, and nobody will be satisfied. I can guarantee you that. If they lose week one, there will not be any satisfaction from Iowa football fans unless they went out. But like I said, there really hasn't been much hype. And and like, like I said earlier, there really isn't a ton going on here on campus anyway, so – it's really, it's really tough for the students other than just the ones you're around and you hang out with to get hyped up because you, you really can't be around each other. The first, oh, go ahead. And then I'll ask no, the I was going to say, I was going to say, I don't know about you guys, but I think the people that are most excited for football to come back are the sports media students. Oh yeah. Students who get to cover something once again. I agree. Will you be covering the games in person again? Will you be able to get in or? Do you not know? No, I do not think that's happening. We have a, we've gotten a couple more pieces of broadcast software that we'll be able to do with some podcasting, Zoom virtual sessions. We're starting up some podcasting. Actually, I have a meeting for later today to try and get one started. So I that it's all going to be virtual. I, we're not even able to interview in person or anything, even from socially like being distant because they can't be – none of the players can be in interaction with anyone from the outside bubble world, even though they are going to classes, they have to be as careful as possible. So I doubt that I, or maybe a couple students will be able to do that, but I think we're playing it by ear. Yes. My last football question for you both is on Saturdays lately and up until October 23rd or 24th, whenever the big 10 season kicks off, what teams or conferences have you guys been filling your Saturday game days with? What games have you been watching, if any, if any? I like to tune in on Iowa State to see what they're doing, just to see. Well, no, it's not even, like, selfishly, Sam. It really isn't. It's just to see, like, like this past weekend, they were pretty sure they were favored against TCU, and they looked abysmal in the first half against TCU. They somehow came out with the win, but typical Iowa State fashion. It just – for me, it was just more of a – Man, I really wish this Iowa team could have played Iowa State, um, and they're yeah, really not—they're really not good this year. So yeah, because you would have rooted for Iowa State. Because see, a little background true. on Jack Tamar 
is Jack grew up for a period of time before he lived in Chicago in Ames. And he grew up an Iowa State fan and for some reason decided to go to Iowa, coming from a family of Iowa State people. And so now he claims he's this big Hawks fan. But then when Iowa State's playing in a big game, he secretly tells me he roots for Iowa State. So well, it's only if they don't play Iowa. Like if it's a big bowl game or a big Big Twelve, like they're playing. Year, you might have. I'm sorry, but that's like Purdue and Indiana. That's what I'm like, saying. I'm, sa- I'm saying no, if, if no, you, if you, you went to Indiana, dynamic. If you no, went to Indiana, no. but you grew up near Purdue, would you no. ever root for Purdue once you chose Indiana? No. Right. Because there's a reason you're choosing Here, Indiana. Can I preface Thank all of you. this? Can I preface all of this? So. I became an Iowa State fan when Gene Chizik was there, okay? And his combined record at Iowa State was 5 and, like, 21 or something, okay? So they were bad. That's like, why they're Iowa State. Bad. No, hold on. Bad. So Gene leaves. Then he goes to Auburn. First year, national championship. I go, what the hell is this issue with Iowa State? Like, it can't be their problem if he's going up. Like, what – so they bring in Paul Rhodes, who makes the team decent. They go to a bowl game and beat uh, Minnesota in like 2009. I was, it, it was the Insight Bowl in Arizona. I was livid. I was like, I don't even know what to feel right now. This is a bowl game. So they win that. And then every year after that, they were kind of trash. I think they lost the Pinstripe Bowl to Rutgers and everything. So they were the lovable losers like the Chicago Cubs to me. It was just so hard for me to fall off that, that wagon. And now that they have a coach like Matt Campbell, you know, it's hard not to root for them because they're giant slayers. I mean, they beat Oklahoma in Oklahoma a couple of years ago. That was kind of cool. I, I cool. saw I saw a rumor on Twitter you might be applying to transfer Iowa State by the sound of it. I can't. I can't, dude. There's Ames is too boring. I can't. I, I lived there for eight years. It's a nice college town, beautiful campus. Okay, enough sweet talk about Ames. Enough sweet talk about Ames. We don't do that on this podcast. So tomorrow, my last, um, the last question I have for you or the last topic, I guess, that I wanted to discuss on this episode is at IU, you're involved with a lot of media projects over there and you have a few podcasts you're involved with. Can you tell us about your current projects? Yes, I would love to. Thank you for asking. So the podcast I've started now is called Let's Get Real. And this was a podcast I just recently designed. Now we have three episodes out. The fourth is coming on Wednesday. And it is to focus on females in the sports industry. So I'm doing that for my website called The Hoosier Network, which is compiled. It's a completely student-led and it's a website on all Indiana sports. And I I'm doing something a little different in that I'm talking to females from across the industry, whether that's coaches, athletes, um, management. So just different females and asking them why they got into sports, what inspires them, how we are all in an equal playing field and just how we can reinforce that. So that's my, my podcast I'm working on now. And uh, the podcast I worked on this summer that I'm still a part of and just taking a step back from is called Unpaid Interns, which my wonderful friend Austin Render has started, and it is a podcast similar to this. We bring on guests, we uh, interview them from across the industry, learning about them, their skills, and just talking. So if we got we got the play-by-play for the Butler Bulldogs, or we got the Colts play-by-play guy, and we're talking about 
what is going on currently in sports world and then how they got the career they're in. So those are the two different things. And then obviously I told you I was going to start working on a football game day podcast. So we'll see when that comes out. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds great. Um, Yeah. So I just want to thank you for coming on. I mean, I I think we can all agree I was still better than IU, but um, I just want to leave that statement. Sam, I don't think you needed to say that. Everyone at home, you can't can't say that until you've been to Bloomington. No, Uh, I've been there. I walked around campus and it it got me really sweaty. It was too big for me. (laughs) Oh come on! You just didn't know the right routes to go in. If you want to just you know plug your Twitter and where people can find you, your um, YouTube, whatever, wherever your podcast and stuff is located, you can give a quick plug if you want. Well, I'll just share my Twitter is Tamar E. Share. Um, and I am doing all of my, obviously, you guys, sports media people know that's the main source of all the inform- sports information is my Twitter. So I'm just so grateful you guys had me on. You are so kind. And I, I'm like so excited to hopefully do this again when we actually get to see some Big Ten football games. So. Of We'll have a lot more to discuss when Big Ten Sports comes back. So everybody has to stay tuned for all that. But Jack, you want to close out the podcast? All right, guys, you know the deal. Not the same time, same place. We will see you guys later.